Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Here we go, Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. I'm going to read a little little bit lengthy this morning, but you're okay. You stood longer in snow cone stand lines. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 through 17. Verse 8 says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he required and requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor, into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who has appointed your food and drink, for why should he see your face looking worse than the young men who are age of your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. Now, what happens here, let me kind of slow it down for a moment. The uh, overseer and the chief of the eunuchs, a eunuch was someone who had had been committed themselves. I'm not going to get too far into it, but they had committed themselves completely to being single and to serve someone, whether they're masters or so forth. So they were made, they were meant to just have a relationship by themselves and commit themselves to living a single life. And there was a means for doing that. But ultimately, these men were in captivity to present themselves before the king and he had them on a special diet and the king's diet was his delicacies his meat his wine everything that came from his table but Daniel said please don't feed us that food because we want to be healthy looking and we want to look better than the king then the the chief of the eunuch said hey if you did that it's going to jeopardize our stance with the king and he's going to chop off my head and Daniel said no no he pl- he said right here in verse 12 he said Please test your servants for 10 days. Now, this is 10 days. The first time Daniel fasted like this, 10 days, and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Now, watch this. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he contested with them in this matter, tested them for 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, their features appeared to be better and fatter in flesh. Fatter. Wow. They got fat on eating vegetables. Yes, they were looking healthier in the flesh that all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies, thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies, the wine that they were to drink, and gave them vegetables. And as for these four young men, God gave them, now watch this, here are the benefits of fasting. God gave them knowledge, skill, in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Isn't that amazing? And he had understanding in all visions and dreams, and God blessed him, blessed him with understanding, knowledge, light. They stood up head and shoulders above the rest. Now that's God's miracle working power. That's how God works. When we decrease, 
and allow him to increase. Now, I have another portion of scripture to read, but I'm not going to let you stand for the rest of that. I think I can read it while you're sitting down. So will you bless the service this Sunday morning? Will you bless this service and just stretch out your hands? And, and now you pray for me. We pray for each other. And pray that God would anoint me and God would touch you and that God would just let his spirit flow. Let his word be released. Let understanding, revelation, and let the goodness of God begin to inhabit this place. Father, in Jesus' name, receive it. I receive it today. We receive it today. All we want is you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel his presence in this place. All we want is you today, God, and nothing else. Just you, just you, just you, in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. One more time, give him some honor. Give him some love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now, before you're seated, turn to someone and tell them it's time to be transformed. And you can be seated. God bless you all. Thank you for standing and worshiping with us. Now, the 21 days of fasting went something like this. The 21 days of fasting went something like this in Daniel chapter 10. Turn with me there in your Bibles. Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 through 14. And as they throw it up on the screen, and, and bear in mind, in each of these segments of Scripture, in these portions of Scripture, Daniel had a need. He had to hear from God. He had to know what God wanted to do, needed to do, and the only way God could speak and do this was for him to focus on feeding the spirit man. And so in Daniel chapter 10, verse 1, in the year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name is called Belshazzar. And the message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message. And he had understood the vision, understanding of the vision. But in those days... I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks, which is 21 days. I ate no pleasant food. That means he, didn't, he had a diet that he didn't have a lot of seasonings and a lot of delicacies. And he had no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all. Three whole weeks were fulfilled. And now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the river that is called Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with fine gold of Ephesus, and certain, and his body was like the barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet, they burnished bronze in color. And the sound of the words were like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. And for the men who were with me did not see the vision. But a great terror fell on them, so they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone, and I saw this vision, and no strength remained in me. My vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet... I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sounds of his words, I was in deep sleep on my face, with a face to the ground, and suddenly a hand touched.
touched me. Now, what would you do if you were in prayer and a hand touched you and you knew you were the only one in that prayer room? <laughs> you get the Holy Ghost for sure, I'll tell you that. <clears throat> and a hand touched me and said, Oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. And then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day, everyone say the first day, from the first day that you set your heart to understand, say that with me, set your heart to understand. And that's what this is all about. The moment that you set your heart to understand, God begins to hear your prayer and petitions. And he said, and to humble yourselves before God. Your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Behold, Daniel, one of the chief priests came to help me, for I have been left alone there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision refers to a many days yet to come. And Daniel was blessed with wisdom and understanding. Sometimes we have to go through things. Sometimes we have to wait on God. And good things come to those who wait. Good things come to those who wait. During this series called Transformed, the 21 days of prayer and fasting, we would like to focus on the practical side and also teach on the spiritual side. It takes both of them. To have a full understanding. And sometimes we get stuck in ruts. Sometimes we desire breakthroughs in our life, or personal life and relationship-wise, and maybe career-wise, business-wise, finances, whatever it is. We want you to know that God cares about every part of your life. He cares about it. He cares about seeing you prosper in every area. Maybe last year you didn't see something happen you knew was meant to happen in your family or for you. And you worked hard. Listen, you, you, you commanded, you rebuked, you prayed prayers. You did warfare and you cries till boogers came out of your nose. Oh, excuse me, mocos. Let's be real. I mean, we get in those moments when you're desperate and we don't care what we look like or what's happening. Have you ever been in that place where you become desperate for an answer from God and you get messy? I've learned messy circumstances produce miraculous circumstances, miraculous ones. Well, you've done everything you know to do, including praying, and it, you have not gotten the results that you've been looking for you have not seen the promises come to pass and you have not had the breakthrough guess what it's time to fast it's time to experience this breakthrough business to know exactly how god moves and to test this experience out to the nth degree the full degree to go beyond ourselves and go beyond religious routines 
go beyond the natural devotions that you normally have and test the ground and go and let God be God. Our greatest opponent in warfare, by the way, it's not the devil. It's us. You and I, all of us, our greatest opposition in warfare is this beautiful, lovely, spoiled flesh. We nurture it. We take care of it. We give it its every desire. When we're hungry for it, we give it what it wants. When it's throwing a fit, we give it what it wants. We spoil ourselves. And we feed this outer man. And what has essentially happened when we give it more attention than the spirit man, we have created barriers. The breakthrough comes from within first before it comes out into your world. Starving out the desires of the flesh and disciplining our nature will enable you to hear the voice of God and get direction and understanding for your life. Fasting was a way and is a way of humbling yourself before God. Fasting is how the warrior King David, it's how David was able to win battles as he did, always coming out ahead and able to establish the throne, able to pass it to the next generation and to see that blessing carry on for many generations to come, even into the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. All because patriarchs, men in the Bible, they lived a lifestyle. They just didn't do it once a year, folks. They did it all the time. It was a, it was a lifestyle. It, but, but you got to start someplace, right? And you got to take a chance, right? You know, what's funny is most of the time when we are ready to fast, it's after a good meal. Have you ever said to yourself, after a good meal, you know what, I'm going to fast tomorrow. <clears throat> you feel strengthened by it. You feel confident by it. Why? Because you fulfilled your desire. And when your desires are fulfilled somehow, there is a faith and a strength and a confidence. But when the, when the spirit man is fulfilled, there is a confidence in a power and an authority in things that take place. Um, I, I got I to gotta give this to you, and you have to remember that if you have an ego problem or a pride problem with yourself and you know, many times we don't detect it. Sometimes that kind of issue is blind. But if you have an issue with this flesh and it's being stubborn, I promise you, fasting will humble it. I promise you, it will humble it. It will put it, it, will put it in a lock. You know, it, it will put it in a, in, a, in a headlock, in an arm bar, and cause it to submit to you. Here's what 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 says. For God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So God gives grace to the humble. God enables someone who will allow themselves to be humbled in his presence, to empower them, to empower them. David was this kind of man. Look and read the Psalms. Look at the Psalms and find the pattern, what he thought about fasting. Look at Psalm 69. 
verses 8 through 13. Listen to what it says. Psalm 69 says, even my own brothers pretend they don't know me. David was going through some trouble. David was, he had a lot of enemies, but God protected him. And listen to this psalm. They treat me like a stranger. Passion for your house has consumed me, and the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. In other words, God, I've got a burden for your house. And not everybody's on, on, on your side. He said, when I dress up, he said, right, well, he says this. He, let me go back. When I weep and fast, they scoff at me. When I weep and fast, verse 10, they scoff at me, make fun of me. When I dress up in burlap to show sorrow, they make fun of me. I am the favorite topic of town gossip, God. And all the drunks sing about me. <laughs> That's so sad. I'm sorry. I just, so sad. I'm not going to mess up a good sermon. But I kept, listen to this. But I keep praying to you. But I keep praying to you, hoping this time you will show me favor. In your unfailing love, oh God, answer my prayer with your sure salvation. In other words, no matter what he went through, he did one thing, kept his prayer and fasting continuously, persistently. He had perseverance, and he didn't care what people were saying. Now, this is the scripture where he's being very transparent. And they're saying when they party, when they have a good time, when they're drunk, they're laughing at me, making fun of me, saying things about me. David said, I don't care what they do. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they think. I'm going to keep on praying, keep on fasting, and you, God, are going to see me through. Psalms 35 and 13 says, but as for me, they were sick when they were sick. My clothing was sackcloth. And I humbled myself with fasting, and my prayer would return to my heart. Someone say, God answers prayer. Praying becomes very exciting when you see them starting to be answered. Oh, trust me, prayer is very exciting when you see God starting to answer your prayers. It's a miraculous thing to know that the God of all creation and the universe, who has all power in his hand, has answered your request. It's talking with you, communing with you, touching you. You have influence. Psalms 51 and 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Amen. That's the secret. Staying humble before God, not with the false humility. Not with a sense of false humility. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. God. God did it. Right? Oh, you're so, oh, thank God did it. No, 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 no. You know, there, there's a way to reply on everything, and, you know, we try to be as humble as we can, but true humility cannot be replicated, duplicated, and acted on. True humility is a heart of thanksgiving and gratitude and understanding that you know, you know for a fact that God has blessed you and God has enabled you and God has, has been your world and, and you wouldn't be where you're at and you wouldn't be who you are unless 
God had done something and breathed on you and blessed you and commanded the blessings in your life. So when people begin to say things about you, you reply with a simple, thank you, God is good. But you know what the bottom line is? In your heart, in your heart of hearts, all you want to do after that is say, God, and be alone with him and say, God, I, I come back to give you all the glory. I come back in my private time, God, to tell you thank you for every good thing in my life. Because what you do in secret, God rewards you openly. God rewards you openly. Good things, folks. Good things in 2019. Good things this year. Blessings that come. But what we do in secret, God rewards us openly. So the first point I want to give you this Sunday morning, and the first thing I want to tell you is, fasting without prayer is just another diet. Fasting without prayer is just another diet. Now, if you want to do it to lose weight, you've got the wrong motive. But the good news is, is that that will be an attribute of what you do anyways. It comes with it. There's a lot of good things that happen for the detoxing of your body and clarity and strength. Again, get with your doctors. If you're on medication and your health, whatever it may be, always use wisdom. Start off gradually. Or if you're young and you're in good health, stop fearing it. Stop making excuses. Don't delay it anymore. It will be worth it. It's not a diet. It's, it's an execution of our desire to be more like him, to feel his presence, to walk in his presence, to hear his voice, to decrease. While we are starving out the carnal man, it's vital to feed the, and nurture the spirit man. It is so vital. One must decrease and the other must increase. Much like the ministry of John the Baptist. When John the Baptist came, he had an assignment. He knew it was to prepare the way for the Lord. And when Jesus' ministry was rising up and God was establishing him, it was now his responsibility to decrease. And he said it himself, I must decrease and he must increase. That was his calling. Do you know the same calling is in our lives today that we still must decrease so he can increase? Anytime Jesus comes on the scene, everything has to decrease. In order to see the full fulfillment of everything God has for you, that decrease must take place. And, and let me encourage you, again, Oh, this is the hard one because I know what I say to you, I have to abide by myself. I would never, ever say anything to you that I'm not doing myself. That's just hypocrisy, and God's not going to bless that. But I will say during this fasting season, during this fasting season, it'd be a good idea to cut back on Netflix and the television and get in the Word of God. It would be. Thank you, ladies. All the ladies are so happy about that. <laughs> All the men are like, I can't believe that dude, man. I'm never coming back to this church. <clears throat> it's all right. You'll love me for it later. 
the, the things in life we don't really want to do are probably the best things for us. The best things for us. And never say to yourself that it will never happen to me or, or, you know, I'm so blessed and everything's good that nothing bad will happen. Let me tell you something. Life happens to everyone. I'm not being pessimistic, but I'm saying to you that, that don't wait till something happens and you have to play catch-up prayer. Be prepared. Have the advantage, a good offense, not a defense, but an offense. So when life happens and things don't go the way they need to, you're strengthened, you're empowered, and nothing shall by any means harm you. And no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment will be condemned. And you'll have a revelation that greater is he inside of you than him that's in the world. There's no devil that can stop you. And you'll know that you can't curse what God has blessed. And you walk in the blessings. John knew this. And he had to decrease, and he willingly did it, but there was a good outcome for this. Jesus then stepped down to the scene, and when Jesus fasted and he always prayed, he went away. He spent time with the Father. He knew what it was. It was a lifestyle. He adopted himself. It was the only way to release God into the world through his ministry. It was through fasting and prayer, and the disciples saw this firsthand. They tried to be effective, folks. They tried to be effective, but they could not be effective without this combination and this winning element of spirituality. Look at Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, write this down. The disciples got their first lesson. This was Jesus teaching his disciples. While he was on the mountain called Mount Transfiguration, that they called after he had that experience where he was in prayer and he took three disciples with him and Moses and Elijah appeared to him on a mountaintop and showed up in Jesus' garments. They transitioned into a glistening white spiritual whatever. They don't even know what happened. They were boggled in their mind. They didn't understand all that was taking place. They just saw Jesus change in front of them. And now, after coming down from that experience, while that was going on simultaneously, if you read the Bible, his disciples were on the bottom of the hill trying to cast the demon out of a young man. And while they were trying to do whatever they needed to do to get that demon out of that young boy, you know, may have been like one of our churches. You know, hang on, let go, hang on, let go. Let loose, bind it, let loose, bind They don't know what to do. They're so confused. Right? You ever been around somebody where they pray for you and they're like, <laughs> right? Laying hands on somebody. You ever seen that before? Let go. Well, I would be like, well, let go of me so I can start thinking. I've done that before. I've been guilty of it, but I've learned throughout the years, the more I pray, the less interactive I have to be with humanity or people. I don't have to touch you most of the time. God just touches you. When God prays, when you pray to God, God touches you. And Jesus stepped into that moment, 
Jesus stepped into that moment when the disciples, I don't know what they were doing and how they were praying, but it wasn't working. And I'd imagine that at one point they got frustrated. But here's what happened when Jesus came down. And when Jesus said to them, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Bring him here. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. That's all he did. He rebuked the devil. He spoke it. When you look at the life of Jesus, he spent minimal time with people when it came to answering, to praying with them or are casting demons out because he walked in authority and it was like a capacitor. It was building up an electric charge. If you know what a capacitor is, it holds an electric charge. And while Jesus was holding a charge, he would release that charge, kind of like a taser. It holds a charge, and as long as it's charged, it's effective to the enemy or any opposition. Well, Jesus tased that devil. All you have to do with the taser is just push the button. Well, Jesus just said the right words. And then he said, the disciples, then the disciples came to Jesus privately, privately, right? They didn't want to ask in front of everybody. It was embarrassing. They went alone. Like, you know, they got by themselves finally, and they go, <clears throat> so... Lord, why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we do it? Right? I want to know. Teach me. And Jesus said, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Everyone say unbelief. Unbelief. Remember that word. Write it down. Unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, remember, the size of a mustard seed faith, it, I believe, is the size of faith God has given to all humanity. It takes a mustard seed faith to get to God. Now, he has the mountain move in faith. When your mustard seed faith is nurtured by God, guess what? The mustard seed is the smallest of seeds among herbs, but it's also the tallest when it grows. That means that your faith was meant to grow. So when God grows your faith, he grows it by his faith with your faith. Without him, we can do nothing, right? Didn't he say, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Without me, you can do nothing? Well, he tells them, well, listen, it's doubt that's in your mind. You've got doubt. In other words, there's fear. Well, what if? And I don't understand. When they were literally praying for him, they may have tried to exemplify faith and show expressions of faith, but in their heart, they really didn't believe. They really didn't believe. And Jesus said, if you're going to believe, you've got to do this. Verse 21 says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. That's what he said. So, so let me give you a picture of what I believe was actually happening. I believe that this was actually was taking place. I believe that they 
had an experience, but the experience didn't have them. This is what our life looks like when we get saved. The spirit man is born in our life, and the spirit man is inside of us. And, and what we wrestle with, what we wrestle with is doubt. That's what we wrestle with. Most of the time, when we have to deal with the circumstance, the outer shell of our life is nothing more than doubt, unbelief. Another one is, is that when we have to break through something, we deal with this one right here. It's very common to deal with fear. That, my friend, that is what this outer part is. It's all of these things right here. Unbelief, fear has held the inner man in there. The inner man. And there are other attributes, but did you know that the two attributes that lead to all other spirits is fear and insecurity, doubt and fear, insecurity, insecure in knowing that, hey, I'm not quite sure if God can, or what if. That's what keeps the Spirit of God in a prison in your life and restricts Him from being released. It's what happens. Because we have nurtured this guy for so long. Every time he whines, we give him what he wants. Every time. I've been, I'm, look, so you feel better about this sermon. I'm guilty of spoiling my flesh. Are you? Thank you for the half of you that would. The rest of you, tell me what your secret is. No one wants to do that. Wives, take your husbands by the hand, raise it up high. <laughs> Again, fasting without prayer is just another diet. Fasting without prayer is just another diet. So what, I'm, what we're going to encourage you to do is during this fasting process, incorporate and be intentional and setting aside a prayer time. Every Saturday night during this fast, we're going to be meeting up here at 7 o'clock Saturday night, I believe 7 o'clock. For those of you who want to commit and come, come. At 12 o'clock, Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays and Fridays. Did we put Wednesdays also? Okay. Five days a week. At 12 o'clock noon, I'm going to join you with the prayer call. Watch it on the app. Watch it on the website. Look on social media. Very easy to dial in, put the code in, and you can join us for prayer and devotion at 12 o'clock every single day. Every day. Very easy to do. I'll be leading that. If I'm not able to, then Caleb will or somebody will, but we'll, somebody will lead you pray with you, agree with you, speak over your day. 
Daniel prayed three times a day in the morning, in the afternoon. Prayer time at noon is called the high time of prayers when everything is at full operation in your life and you can literally alter some things in the spirit when you pray at noon for the rest of your day. Things can happen. Prayer changes everything, folks. Prayer changes everything. During fasting, the time of fasting, you're not going to feel very strong to pray at times. The power of prayer comes after you fast. Remember that. You're going to be dealing possibly with some headaches. And, and let me make it easy for you guys, and let me encourage you. If you choose to sacrifice, if you want to do raw fruits, raw vegetables, and you feel like i got to have some protein, then do some eggs with it. Do some almond milk. Buy some Ezekiel bread from Walmart. Because I, I shop at H-E-B. <laughs> I'm kidding. I want you guys to know that we're not asking you to kill yourself, be miserable. We want you to enjoy this and just pick up a prayer life that will make a difference in your life and be consistent so you can see God working in your family. And if we all do that together, God commands a blessing there. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. Someone say, I'm blessed. Now, now again... When you see your prayers being answered and you see God giving you signs and leading you down the right path, it will change the way you think. Point number two, fasting will produce and give you a hunger for God. Fasting gives you a hunger for God. It takes a desire to be starved out and then replaced by another desire to completely get delivered. It takes a desire to replace another desire. How do you do that? Well, I'm going to show you in just a moment. First of all, it begins by focusing on this guy right here. It begins by focusing on this guy. This right here, all this, all this has to be worked on. You're not going to die. You may feel like you're going to die if you have a headache. That only lasts a short period of time. After three days, you should be good. Even the first day, everyone's different. But as you feel this guy getting starved out, you are purposely, purposely and intentionally working on the outer man, the natural man, the carnality. You're working on things in your life to help you think clearer. You're working on things in your life that are drowning out the voice of God. I heard a preacher say this one time, the reason why people can't hear the voice of God is because when they chew and eat Ruffles chips, it makes too much noise. Right? People can't hear the voice of God because of the crunch. I, I mean, we got to do it. And there's no better time than the present to build a future from the past. Right now, a new year, the old year's gone, a new year's here, and you get to start off fresh. And who knows, there have been people in this church that have adopted this fasting and, and this lifestyle of 
fruits and vegetables incorporated into their diets, then I can tell you they have lost a tremendous amount of weight, got healthy, and so forth. It has its benefits. But without prayer, it's just a diet. And then you find something take place that's miraculous. You'll find that the more you do this and pray with it and coupled with prayer, the more you pray and fast, the more you start developing a stronger desire for God, a hunger for God. Gentlemen, I am talking to you. Honestly, guys, we are the most stubborn human beings on the earth. We, I said we. And I'm just telling you, I know fasting is the way to calibrate your hunger to, for God. Fasting is the only thing with prayer and reading your word. Everybody, did you know everybody has a hunger for God? Some people can't identify the hunger. Some people really don't know what it is. And they're hungry for something spiritual. They're hungry for something more. They don't really know what it is. They, they call it a higher power. They call, him, they call him, you know, an intelligent being, whatever. We call him Jesus Christ. We know him as our God, our King, our Lord, the rock of all ages, the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, if you will. We know him as the bright in the morning star, as the lion of the tribe of Judah. We know him as Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, Jehovah Nisi, our banner. We know him as Jehovah Shalom, our peace. He is our God. But because we've taken a journey, we become intimate with him. I know who he is, and that's going to be the question. When we meet God, it's going to be either well done, good and faithful servant. That means a servant is someone who's been given a commandment, and they have kept it and obeyed it. Or it's going to be depart from me, workers of iniquity. That means self-willed. That's what iniquity means, self willed depart from me you who did what your flesh wanted to do and not what i wanted you to do i never knew you but lord we've cast out demons in your name. we've done great works in your name. we prophesied we've done this we've done that those are gifts you sought me for the gifts you didn't seek me for my heart you sought for a blessing you had faith to see miracles. That's great. But you never applied your faith to know me, to become like me. That's what it all boils down to, folks. That really, if you want to know my assignment, you know, callings, everyone's been called, okay? But I believe in assignments. My assignment is to help a group of people become one with Jesus through a relationship with Christ. That's my assignment, to help you to teach you, to encourage you, to give you direction, to give you biblical teachings, to help you, give you the initiative. It's for us to provide opportunities for you to be a better, better son of God, more sensitive to God. So everybody has a hunger on the spiritual side, but they need direction. In order to have your heart properly aligned towards the heart of God, it takes Jesus in your life. If you've not given your life to Jesus Christ, today is a great day to do that. Yeah. To take the first step, what we call repentance, 
and say, Father, forgive me of my sins. I've laid down, I've done what I've wanted to do my whole life, and I have done it, God, and I have not gotten the results, the results I know you have for me. I've done it my way. I want to do it your way. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. And when you say that prayer sincerely, and you're moved with emotion with that, God hears your prayer, and salvation comes to your heart. But after you've begun that walk with God, now it's time to be born again and transformed of the water and of the Spirit. Do the study. God has more. Say, God has more. more. Say, I want more, God. Give me more. Now, in order to have your heart properly aligned, you must have a relationship with Jesus Christ. A relationship with Jesus through the Holy Ghost and His Word will be the key to alignment, to calibration. And then when that happens, this is what literally takes place next. Now, now the tables have turned and you don't have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has you. That's what happens. The Spirit of God now has you in captivity. The Apostle Paul said, I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be a prisoner and bound by his love. I want to be in captivity. I don't want to have him in captivity. I want him to run my life. I want him to make the decisions. I want him to do something in my life that's going to change my world. Uh, Listen, I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. I know my talents. I know my abilities. And to be quite honest with you, they are nothing compared to what God can do. But, but, when I place them in God's hands and my talents and abilities and mind is in the center and he's got full control of it, he'll take that and begin to bless it and act on it and do everything that he wanted to do in my life. That's the way it works. So what do we have to do? Well, number one, you have to create a void in your life. You create a void. You create a void in your life. How do you do that? How do you do that? You have to create a void if you're going to make room for God, right? Fasting. And fasting involves more. Okay, you ready for this? Okay, turn to your neighbor and tell him, put your seatbelts on. He's fixing to say something tough. Do you really want to know how spoiled your flesh is? Are you ready? Whatever you can't do without has you in bondage. You want to test it out? Young people, you know, get mad at me all you want to. I don't care. Stop playing that game for 21 days. Let's see if it's your God or if Jesus is your God, and we'll find out. How's Ben's? I'm not done. Don't clap for me yet. Ladies, stop watching those novellas, novellas for 21 days. Soap operas. Men, 
get off of YouTube. Really, let's find out because if we throw a fit with the things we give up, that's God is bound. We're submitted to that thing. And I'm going to say something you may not agree with, but I got to tell you the truth. I'm a friend. Got to tell you the truth. What if we, made a, we have made a God out of those things? And we've depended on those things to bring us happiness, contentment, emotional fixes, and joy. Hold on a second. I think that would make the Holy Ghost jealous. So we have to create a void by stopping certain things. See, fasting is more than just food. Now, please don't misunderstand me. Before we, don't, before we start feeling like and giving you the impression that we are a religious church, I do believe in rewards. I do believe that after a hard day's work, if you want to relax, play a game, watch a video, do something, that's your business. If you want to eat a great big ribeye, two-inch cut, medium rare, with seasons all over and garlic and butter. I'm just talking to somebody, hint, hint. <laughs> and enjoy that after a long, that's your business. That's the blessings of God. But too much of good stuff can be spoiled. Too many things, I mean, in moderation, right, in things, there's our rewards, but at the same time, don't forget that God can't be drowned out and God is still the Lord of our life. And above all things, we have to give him our heart and attention first. I think it's great to, I think it's great to do things and, you know, I think it's great to reward yourself and have fun, but I don't think it's good to do it to the point where we drowned out the voice of God and the heart of God. So we create voids. Someone say voids. Create a void by fasting. How do you fill the void? Shout it out. Hmm. Are you ready? Ready? Uh-oh. You ready? It's just coming to me now. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Oh, boy. Got some givers in the house. All the cheerful givers give God some praise right now. I'm going to tell you something. Giving is more than money, but when you, I'm going to challenge you. This year, give consistently. Give according to what God has placed in your heart. And when you give, you will kill, you will kill that greed, the fear, the lack for faith. Oh, yes. God said if you can't handle physical money, he can't trust you with physical and spirit, spiritual mammon and blessings and, and riches. If you want to test your heart, again, one of those things, see how much God you've got. I'll test it. Test yourself. But God even said on that one, test him. I've said it last week. I believe I'll say it again. I've been in competition with God concerning giving, and I have been losing ever since I've tried to win. 
I have been losing. You cannot outgive God. You will not outgive God. But these things right here are just a few examples of how you fill the void. And this is how you allow the Spirit of God to take control of your life and keep at bay every lust, every bad thought, every negative thought, all the pessimism, all the things that bring fear, everything that brings an attitude in your life. Every time you get emotionally out of balance, there is something that happens when the Spirit of God fills your life and your cup begins to flow over in your life. I'm telling you, how, how many of you want the joy of the Lord in your life? How many of you want a peace that passes all understanding? Be consistent with it. You, you remember the first time you stepped on a treadmill after you had a good season of feasting? Because you said to yourself, it's time to hit the gym again, or it's time to get this temple back in shape. The first time you did it, it wasn't easy. But the more you did it, the easier it became. Well, that's what it is in prayer. That's what happens when you come to church. That's what happens when you stay in worship. That's what happens when you're consistent. Good things come. And listen, and, and good is always the enemy of best. You may be doing good right now, but I promise you it is not the ultimate blessing and promises and potential that God has for you. There is so much more, and you're doing it in your own strength and intelligence and will, and it's wearing you out. But when favor comes into your life and blessings come into your life and network the people that come to help you and God, God begins to build your life. God begins to work with you, and things become easy, easier. Things become easier. We are doing things way too hard, folks. We try too hard. We try too hard. And, and also, remember this, and I close with this statement. I'll close with this. Throw the, throw the quote up there. Fasting doesn't make God stronger, wiser, or supreme. It makes us understand that he is. That's what it does what it does and makes us understand and have clarity that he is everything he said he was if you want to see God working in your family and in your life commit yourself to him stop fulfilling the lust of our flesh stop allowing those things to drown out the voice of God because I'm going to tell you something God will not compete God will not compete Whatever you bring that resembles him in some way to fulfill your needs, he will not compete with that. He is a jealous God. Now, you do the study on that and find out if God is jealous. God is jealous for you. Oh, I'm fixing to say something again. It's just coming to me, God. It's just coming to me. God will not compete with Budweiser. But if you trust in God, you'll become wiser. God, God will not compete with marijuana. I said it in the Latino phrase because I know. But 
If you walk with him, he'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. And for some of you, I'm going to hit on it because I, I just feel like it's, it's about that time. There are other things you can do as an alternative. You can do a CBD or something else that's sold at a health food house to take the place of that without the psychoactive effects that you have in your life. So there are alternatives, okay? Now, I'm not against any alternative, but I am for keeping your mind focused on God. God will not compete. God will not compete with stuff. I'm going to leave it there. He is the Lord of our life. He is everything to us. I love him this Sunday morning, and I want to encourage you to do the same. And I want to encourage you, stop saying it, and let's do something about it this year and watch God be God and watch your house be blessed like the house of Obedidim. Let watch your family be blessed and your seed be blessed like the children of Abraham. Watch your offspring grow as a child of God because you come from God. You weren't born of flesh. You weren't born of blood and by the will of men, but you were born by the Spirit of God in your life. And God is your Savior, your Lord, your King, and He loves you so much. He cares about you. He wants the best for you. How are you ready to see God do something this year? Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.